this is Noah Wells with Abiding Life Studios. Here today I have with me Tim Lester and John Kovach. And today we'd like to, I think, talk about the thought of how God is with us no matter where we are in life. No matter what dark hole we might be in or how happy we might be, God is always there with us waiting for us to talk to him. What do you guys think about that? Uh, well, I'm always the willing to uh, talk, so I'll start off briefly. Uh, I guess the first thing that I would say about it is, is that, or a question I'd have is, is that I wonder what are some of the categories or some of the uh, <clears throat> some of the times when we are in a very dark place or or uh, uh, in, in a bad place relative to. Uh, uh, you know, this idea of God being with us and so on and so forth. So what are some of the kinds of places, either Noah, you can talk about, or, or John, uh, if we were to say, hey, look, these are the kinds of things we're, we're looking at of when we're not in a great place and God still shows up for those. Yeah, I mean, I was more thinking like when I could just say even probably four or five years ago, I was really struggling with mm-hmm. uh, life and uh, hating myself and really just down in the dips. But I would constantly talk to God, even though, you know, sometimes it was anger or uh, frustration, but I still made a point to say hi to him or, you know, just even that basic thing where I would just wake up in the morning and or driving to work and just say, hey, God, how's it going today? Mm -hmm. And right then would open the doors for me for the whole rest of the day, for me to at least just talk to him all through the day, like... When I was painting, I would be, you know, anytime I would even just uh, lacquer a handrail, I would always ask God to uh, help me lacquer gotcha. this handrail because I knew by myself I would I would mess it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, John, how about I mean, when you think about God being with you, and what what comes to your mind? Well, I mean, I'll come at it from a little bit different perspective, at least here in uh-huh. the beginning. Um, for over fifty years of my life. I didn't have a relationship and really didn't know Jesus Christ at all. Uh, mm. And that's where I was. I was totally lost. Uh, you know, I had many things in my life that were idols from jobs and, you know, honors and things like that. I was involved in the sports world. So, you know, championships mm-hmm. were the most important thing, even more important than my family. But, Jesus was not even on the radar screen. And the good news of, you know, with that is I can say now in retrospect, it's been seven years or so since I came to Jesus and have had a relationship with him. What I do know is that even during those times, those days where I didn't know him, where I wanted nothing to do with him purposely, I just, I had nothing good in my thoughts about Jesus and God at all. I know now that he was with me even at those times. And that's encouraging because if he was with me during those times, you know, the encouragement is that everyone is valuable, everyone has a chance, and Jesus can touch the lives of people even at times when they aren't showing love towards him. His love is constant. It is uh, faithful even when we're not. And, and that's the joy, uh, you know, in my situation, particularly in those early days before I had a relationship with, uh, with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, no, one of the things you, you were talking about is how that <clears throat> you found yourself 
talking to the Lord in the middle of some pretty dark times for you. Yeah. First thing that hit my head was um, uh, in the book of Psalms, and I could honestly reference a bunch of them, but several of the Psalms, when I read them, I can remember even as a teenager, I'd read them and go, he just said that. Uh, now, it wasn't exactly the same words, but but here's sort of the way it would go, and there's a lot of it in Psalms. He'd start off, and he was he had gone to be with God. He'd gone to talk with God. And, of course, this was before Christ was even on the scene in terms of humanity. But um, uh, the psalmist would start talking to God, and he was not a happy guy. This was not a good time for him. And, I mean, he'd talk about all his enemies overcoming him, and he's in the dark hole. And, I mean, he had all kinds of mm-hmm. phrases he would use to talk about, I'm going to be overcome. And what always fascinated me is, although I must admit in my arrogance as a teenager, I think, can't, does this guy not have a different way of saying this? What finally occurred to me was this guy found himself over and over again feeling pretty overwhelmed and not yeah. in a great place. And so he went to be with God, but by the end of it, I mean, you can just read through the psalm, and by the end of the thing, he's going, praise God. God, listen, I'm going to hang with you. Uh, You're my protector. Uh, You're the source of my life, and so on. And um, I finally sort of got the idea that this guy, David the psalmist, he he would go to talk with God if he was angry, if he was upset, if he was overwhelmed, if he was feeling great, because there was something that happened when he was there in that relationship with Christ, when he was in Christ's presence, and 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 literally just dialogue. And I, I, I'm not even so much thinking like praying. I'm not against. Obviously, I'm not against praying, and I'm not saying he right. wasn't praying. I'm talking about more like a conversation kind of a thing. Yeah, like you and I have, I'm, you know, just a normal. Yeah conversation back and forth and i guess that's what i think i hear you talking about when you're uh saying this as well yeah and it is and the thing that helped me the most was thanking him through my struggles and that's probably one of the hardest thing i i can personally say it was for me in this walk with christ is when bad stuff was happening to me was to be able to thank him for it and it really it for me, it really strengthened our friendship with Jesus and I, because uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't, ra- you know, I wasn't talk- not talking to him when stuff bad stuff was happening. I was actually going to him and telling him thank you for the stuff that was happening to me, because that's what makes me go to him. And I do believe to this day, if I didn't have those struggles in my life, I wouldn't have gone to him, mm-hmm. because everything would have been fine. And what's the point of going to him? So I really, mm. really learned that with my struggles. I don't know if that well, makes any so sense John, to you guys or not. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, it makes sense to me. And I guess I have a question for John, because, John, you're coming from a perspective of you you walked, walked a lot of years in your life without Christ, right? That's what you were saying. That's absolutely right. I mean, I yeah. was cruising along uh, without Christ and uh, thinking I was living the high life, and uh, all of the material things that go along with that were a part of my life, whether it be, uh, you know, the big house, uh, big salary, uh, traveling wherever, you know, we wanted to go. So, yeah, absolutely. Okay, and so Jesus, I, I want to ask Jesus, you a question. No, and I was going to say throughout that whole time, as I said before, Jesus was nowhere on my radar screen, although now in retrospect, I know that I was on his radar screen, and that's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, that is, that is good. As a matter of fact, I had a, a guy the other day tell me, and it's 
just really mimicking what you've just said. Is, is he says, "Listen, I had no clue that God was looking for me, and it wasn't to beat me up, but he he incredibly loved me so much." that he was not going to stand by and watch me just at least not have the opportunity to step out of uh, the crazy way I'd been living. And, and God came through a series of events and people to love me, to care for me, beginning with his son dying on the cross. But in my life here today, he really began to orchestrate things so that I could hear about how much he cared about me and, and began to offer me some real life. So well, so my question would be for you, John, and, and I was just listening to what Noel was saying, was this. Uh, so before, and I'm talking about before you actually started to consider, hey, look, I probably need Jesus in my life. Uh, if you'd have heard Noah say, and I agree with what Noah's saying, but if you'd have heard Noah say at that time, listen, I really have learned to thank God for the for the crazy you know, messed up things in my life, the things that are difficult, the things that I'd like to go away. Uh, if if you would have heard him say before then, before you came to Christ, I have learned to thank God for those things that are out of, that, that are so difficult in life. What would you have thought about that? I'm just interested to know. Well, Tim, I mean, it's interesting that you would even question that because it is, or it was a reality uh, in a sense, uh, I was angry, uh, you know, I had guilt, uh, you know, because of my own lack of focus on Jesus, not knowing Jesus, you know, my life basically descended into a really nasty place. And, okay. uh, you know, it culminated in me being arrested. Uh, okay. And that, you know, as I look back now, it... It took me even further away from Jesus in my mind during the beginning of that whole thing. And, mm. um, you know, I, I, I went through nearly a year where I was waiting to see what was going to happen ultimately to me and with the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And I pulled further away from Jesus. So, you know, and I had even family members saying, Oh, John, you need to pray. You need to go to God with this. And I rebuked them in the strongest terms, Tim. I rebuked them with, <laughs> I mean, I rebuked them with profanity. And this was uh, one of the individuals was my own mother. And I okay. said to her, you know, don't talk to me about your blankety blank God. I don't want anything uh -huh. to do with him. So to answer your question, if I had heard mm -hmm. that in those early months when my life began to descend and I was losing everything materially, um, mm -hmm. I would have blown Noah off just as quickly as I blew everybody else off because, <laughs> you know, I was, you know, I was still being rebellious. I still figured, you know, I would find a way to get myself out of this mess, yep. not knowing that I had no control over any of it. And I was going to descend yep. into a really bad place before I was able to realize that Jesus was the answer to this whole thing. Well, I wasn't sure where all that was going. No, I'm going to ask you a question here in just a second on this. But uh, okay. really, John, thanks for sharing that, because uh, I believe wholeheartedly what Noah said. I mean, and I know you do, too, at this point, too, that, that I, I actually have come to a place in my life. I don't like hard things. I've got a whole list of things that I just soon not be in my life, even right now. So I'm not saying I get up in the morning and go, oh, boy, how could I suffer? It would be amazing to get to suffer today. I'm not saying right. that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> however, 
I there is a reality, and and Noah, I promise you, I'm going to ask the question in just a second. The reason I asked John his question is for people that might be listening to this that they don't know where they are with Jesus or they're really ticked off at him right now or ticked off at God, and right. and they've got some of this craziness that's in their life, their first reaction to what Noah says is, well, is this kind of lost his mind? He thinks God for bad things, you know, or hard things, or things that are difficult for him in his life. I mean, they might actually completely blow the whole thing off and go, oh, well, if that's what the relationship with God is about, Thank you too much. I'll take a miss on that. Right. And uh, so <clears throat> that's the reason I was asking the question to John Noah about that. And and so uh, here's my question to you, Noah, is recognizing that some people might just think you have completely lost your mind. And and frankly, maybe even a lot of people who would say I'm 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 a Christian. I'm a, I'm a believer in God or a believer in Christ. Um, could you talk to us a little bit more, just in, in, you know, just kind of from your heart? Because I know one of the things that that that's very important to you is this whole thing about a relationship with your your friendship with God. And uh, I guess I'd like for you to talk a little bit more about the journey um, and um, about how you came to the place where you were saying, "Listen, I get it, God." That you're that this hard stuff, this stuff that's failure in my life, all of that. Um, I, I'm thinking, how did you get from? Listen, I just want all this to go away. <laughs> to okay, I may not like this, but I I really see what God's doing, and I thank Him for it. As a matter of fact, I invite Him into all the dark places in my life. Can you talk to us a little bit more about how you went from the, you know, maybe not such a great attitude to one that really sees it as tool in the hand of God. Does that make sense to you, what I'm asking? Yeah, 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 it makes sense. You know, I would guess I was around seven or eight when I started dealing mm-hmm. with suicide thoughts and, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, cutting myself and really uh, deep self-hatred. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that went on for a good couple of years before I even accepted Christ. I didn't accept Christ till I was nine. And the really, the only reason I accepted Christ was to you know, to hope that I would love myself or gotcha. not have the have these thoughts anymore of suicide. And so after I did that, you know, the Lord spoke to me then and told me he wasn't going to take away those feelings, but he'd mm-hmm. make me understand them. Okay. So I went so I went through wanting to kill myself between the ages of, you know, seven or eight to nineteen. I didn't, mm-hmm. God didn't take that away from me until I was 19 years old. That's, that's a lot of years to go through with something like that, but right. I learned so much through that. I learned so much to go to him when I was struggling or when I was hating myself. So when I came out of that, I felt so alive and so, I, I honestly, I felt so blessed that he was willing to stand by me while I was going through all those that hard time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that answers any of the question you're oh, yeah. asking me. Yeah. Well, the reason I'm asking, it does answer it. And the reason I'm asking the question here, and I want to caution anybody that's listening that that uh, you, you may go, well, yeah, but what about this? And, you know, what about the psychology of that and understanding? Are you encouraging people to have uh, suicidal thoughts and, and all? No. No. <laughs> I guarantee Absolutely you, not. if you'd 
Yeah, yeah. I guarantee you, if you had had a choice, I knew Noah during that time. And if he'd had a choice, he would have completely just had all that wiped out. So we're not, we're not saying, oh, wow, it's really great for you to have those kinds of thoughts. What I wanted you to see, and I appreciate you sharing that, Noah, Noah because what I want people to see is this is not, we're not trying to sugarcoat anything. Right. People who have struggled with those kinds of things and, and a lot of other things in life that are incredibly difficult, break up a, a family and, and catastrophes that have happened in life and maybe even things that don't appear to be catastrophes, uh, dealing with a, a lot of uh, uh, issues of uh, you know, peer-related kinds of things that, that just you know, peck away at our internal sense of value. Yeah. Um, that's where real people live. And what I just heard you say is, uh, we can sit around and debate all day long about whether or not you should or should have not been free about that, but the reality is you're saying in the middle of all that, even if we assume that there's something, there was something more going on in you, that you weren't submitted to Christ in some areas and so on, that Christ met you in that where you were. He held you together. And he actually did things that, over a period of time, Christ worked something in you that honestly set you free. And I'm not just talking about from these emotions and thoughts, but set you free. And you honestly, literally started discovering him as your day-by-day, moment-by-moment source of life. Right. And I started choosing him. That's my biggest thing is I actually started choosing him. And not choosing yeah. other things like, you know, anything like video games or, you know, just kind of putting anything else in my life to where I'm not choosing him. And once mm-hmm. I started making that choice to acknowledge him, he's in this. Let's see what he's got for me. It really changed a lot in my life. Well, and in a minute, I want you to talk a little bit about the whole choosing thing again. But I know our... Um, I just I'd like to reference one passage of scripture. The Apostle Paul uh, certainly uh, makes very clear. He says for uh, God communicates through in multiples of ways throughout the scriptures. This whole idea is in my weakness, Christ's strength can made, be made the strongest. He most clearly says that in the Second Corinthian letter that yeah. God actually uh, he says I celebrate. <laughs> in my weaknesses, so that God's power can be made incredibly um, clear, and it's obvious that he's working in it. And so just for those that are listening, I want you to understand that this thing Noah's talking about is not just some kind of crazy thing he pulled out of his head. It's one of the foundational teachings that God has for any person that wants to have a relationship with him. Yeah. You know, it's it's not about that I'm supposed to somehow pull myself up on my bootstraps and be incredibly strong and so on. And right, so, John, exactly. let me ask you, uh, if I can, John, let me ask you a quick question. Um, uh, can you speak a little bit about when you started discovering these things that Noah's talking about? And not some necessarily all the specifics of your life, but maybe some of the things that you learned about discovering how God works in your weakness and so on. Yeah, Tim, I'll, I'll be certainly happy to talk about that. And, you know, I just want to say there's there's a lot to my testimony. And, you know, much of it, I think, you know, will be a topic for another day. Uh, mm-hmm. But but to stay on the topic, you know, that we have here, you know, I would just like to share this. Uh, you know, my journey with Jesus began uh, when I was in a federal prison in Ohio. 
Uh, that's mm-hmm. where I end, That's where I ended up. And everything that was me, that I thought was me, had been stripped away. My job, my income, uh, you know, everything that in my former life had been near and dear to me was gone. Everything. I mm-hmm. was empty. I was an empty bag, totally. And when I got into federal prison, I was, uh, I had descended as, as into as low a place as I've ever been. And it was about two weeks in that just out of sheer desperation, because I was amongst, you know, some, some really rough individuals in this prison in the beginning. And at this point, I still wasn't a follower of Jesus at all. I was still rebellious, but I was desperate and I was weak. <laughs> I had no, you know, I basically had surrendered to the fact that there wasn't a thing now I could do. There was nowhere to hide. There was nothing that I could do. So what goes into my brain is, well, let me venture over to the chapel. Let me go over there and, and you know, maybe I can find someone that will listen to me. And I did. And the first person that I was able to see was the Catholic priest. Well, I went into his office and, you know, I'm bawling like a child and in desperate straits, don't know where to turn. And he listened to me for about five, ten minutes. And when I was done, he was like, uh, I don't know what to say to you. Uh, what I would suggest is the next building over is where the psychology is and that you go talk to the psychologist because I have never had anyone come to me with this kind of problem. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I walked out of that office worse than I was when I went in, crying like a baby, but now comes the good news and the beginning of you know, my journey with Jesus. There was an inmate that worked in the chapel who couldn't have been further away from who I was in terms of who he had been. He was a follower of Jesus at this point, but he was 6'3", about 230, African-American from the south side of Chicago. His name was Silas. And he saw me crying like a baby. And he's young. He was in his 20s. And he came up to me and began to console me, took me into a room, said, brother, I want to pray with you. And at that moment, he began to be used by Jesus to come to me. That was the beginning, uh, Tim, you know, and it was a journey that encompassed almost five years in that environment. And I thank Jesus every day for that time. But that was the beginning. And talk about, you know, using the ability of Jesus to use anyone. And rather than using someone who was in a position of authority, he used a fellow inmate to first touch my heart, the Holy Spirit going through Silas to me, showing me love. And that was the beginning. And I always like to begin with that because Mm -hmm. I was, I was lost. I was, had been just every bit of me had been taken. I was at a point of total surrender. And that was the moment that Jesus saw fit to use another inmate to begin the process of molding me into what he had planned for me. And to that, I just say, amen. Mm. Well, cool, cool. Well, and 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 so my point then is this: that what Noah is saying, uh, and even the issue he's bringing up, is that while 
everything in us wants to internally rebel about anything. In other words, avoid anything that's negative, that's a dark place, that would be weak, that's out of my control. Uh, uh, the subject that Noah's brought up, everything in us wants to avoid all that. But the truth is, uh, God is very aware of the human condition because he created us. And knowing that those kinds of things can and do happen in this broken world, he's saying, listen, that stuff is not stronger than my ability to enter into this life-giving relationship with you. And uh, and so that's that's uh, I appreciate you sharing that, John. Noah, I have a question for you, and it's, it's it's very much still on topic, but it's sort of a side. So it's going down a little rabbit trail here for a second. Um, I'm I'm interested to know during some of these times, and I'm not just talking about when you were younger up to you were 19, but the many times as you've been continuing in this friendship with God, continuing in your relationship with Christ, during some of the times when you know maybe it wasn't. That's so easy that it was more difficult. I'm interested in the things that you've discovered about God, about Jesus, about his Holy Spirit, about how he works, that isn't necessarily directly related to the bad experience you were having. And the reason I'm asking the question is because one of the things I appreciate when I talk about you is we may be talking one minute about some crazy, uh, hard thing, and the next minute, You'll just be telling me something you've discovered about Christ himself that, that that's kind of come out of this interaction with him, his relationship with him. And I honestly don't have a particular thing in mind. I'm just wondering some of the things you've discovered about uh, about Jesus, about about his Father God. And, and during these times when you've been in his presence, when you've been interacting with him, uh, anything at all? Yeah, well, the only, when you're talking like that, the only thing that comes to mind is that and I don't know if this answers it, but, um, and it's simple. I mean, he's, he's made this walk. It just seems like we make it so harder than it needs to be. But, you know, my nine-year-old has a relationship with Christ. You know, it's, he doesn't make it hard to have a relationship with him. And so really my main thing would be when you were talking, I was just, this popped in my head of, He'll meet you anywhere, any anywhere you're at in life. He will meet you there if you're willing to choose him. And I love that. And I mean, just like John sharing about going to prison. I mean, Jesus met you there. You know, Jesus went there and met John there when you don't think Jesus is going to meet you there. And so many times in my life, I've, you know, gone through struggles or gone in happiness or anything. God meets me there. Like when I'm driving to work, I can have a conversation with God while I'm driving to work and he can really drop some bombshells on me, you know, and where it just blows my mind. And, you know, I don't have to be in a, you know, I don't have to be in a church, not saying I have anything wrong with a church. I'm just saying, right. you don't have to be there for him to, to talk to you. You yeah. can just be anywhere. And I love that. I love that he can meet me anywhere I'm at in my life, no matter how shamed I am or anything like that. I mean, I've done things in my life where I'm, it's like I have to basically crawl to him because I don't know how else to say what to what I'm about to say to him. I have to basically crawl there Mm -hmm. and, you know, and guess what? He picks me up and we walk because God wants to do life with me. And he wants to do life with all of us. And that's what I love about this Christian 
life, you know, the walk with Jesus. And that's, mm-hmm. I love it, honestly. Yep. Well, I appreciate that, and I appreciate that, you know, that, that you kind of boil, boiled it down to the simplicity of that, because if we assume that Christ is the source of, of everything, and I don't mean just the beginning of this whole planet and so on, but the source of uh, uh, who and what I need on a daily basis, and if he really is the source, and being with him gives me wisdom, being with him uh, gives me understanding about myself, about other people around me. Being with him, he can prompt me to actually make a shift in how I'm interacting with people. And and being with him, I actually have a sense of, uh, I have somebody that's going to walk with me no matter what. You know, I was just listening when you were talking about there have been times when you felt like you just needed to crawl to God and you barely got there and that kind of thing. You know, those are times when, it just at least in my own life, where the enemy is just screaming in my ear about what a no-load I am. And uh, sometimes, out of desperation, I find myself yet again going to Christ, and immediately there's acceptance. Even if I am have been in the middle of great failure, there's immediately acceptance because I'm his. And I, I'm not saying he never deals with anything in my life relative to sin, which is one of the complaints people have, is what you guys are saying, that you know it doesn't matter what you do. Well, I'm, I'm saying that uh, exactly what you're saying is, is being with him, that relationship with him changes everything. It changes my yeah. motivations. It changes the way I feel about me, and so on. Yeah, and anything I'm doing in life, you know, I can go to him and say, ask him first before I take that first step. Yep. You know, I had a guy the other day, uh, just, and this is a small rabbit trail with this, but it's to your point of anything I'm doing in my life. I was talking to a fellow the other day, and, and, uh, he, he is, uh, uh, he's decided that in his relationship with this girl that he's with, um, he made a commitment to me, his choice, not, not mine. He says, listen, I'm really going to honor God with this relationship. I know God's called me to keep pure before, uh, you know, until I enter into marriage and so on. And he, you know, he was sincere about that. I'm not, I'm not mocking him at all. Well, he finally comes in and tells me that, uh, you know, that he uh, has been involved with her uh, sexually. And okay. he says, so what do you want me to do about that? And I said, well, uh, do you know what the scriptures teach about it? Well, he knew exactly. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, it's not like this guy was brand new to what the scriptures teach. And he says, so what do you want me to do? And I said, well, uh, our time together uh, is over today. Here's what I want you to do. Go get with the Lord. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I'm nobody. I, you know, I you, certainly I've done a good job of teaching scriptures, to, the scriptures to you, and I'm not saying they don't have something to say about this. But brother, I don't have anything else to instruct you about. Uh, obviously, by your own decision and 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 what you've read yourself and what God has can uh, brought you to beforehand, you're at a place where you're questioning what you're doing and why. So about how about we start with the source, which is exactly what you're saying, Noah. Why don't I just go get with him during that time? Well, yeah. the first thing I'm going to discover is, is that whatever it is that I may have failed in uh, doesn't scare him away, nor is he going to stop talking to me. Right. Uh, and he, he, you see what I'm saying? And, yeah, and then, uh, so I just told the guy, we'll get with Christ. Yeah, and like like you were saying, like the enemy will get in your ear and say, uh, "Oh, God, God doesn't want to hear that. You've yep. you've gone too far now. 
you're done now. Yeah. Yep. And so then, then you don't. You you go by, and then you just get into the deeper depression of it. Yeah. And then, but like you said, once you get back there, then all of a sudden you feel accepted. Right. And it makes perfect. You know, I, I even thinking back to my my dad, and I honestly, I'd have to say I fought with my dad from the time I was sixteen to eighteen. I just seemed like the okay. good thing to do at the time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but I can remember. And I'm just talking on a human level here for a second. I yeah. can remember that when, as I was leaving the house and sort of going off on my own, I can remember in the back of my head, man, I really, really wanted for him to be pleased with me. And I, I certainly wanted his acceptance, even though I felt like you'd think I didn't give a rip about what he thought because I was so rude and obnoxious and all that for those two years. But, but the truth is, is purely on a human level, man, I really wanted people to know that I, I was my dad's son, that I you know, had the work ethic that he had taught me and so on and so forth, even though I would have never admitted that to him. Of the other day I was thinking about this, that if that can happen, and that motivated a lot of what I did in terms of you know, how I worked and so on and so forth. Well, if that can happen on a human level with a guy that I pick fights with for two years, how much more am I willing and motivated by wanting to cooperate with and move with with God himself when he's the creator of the universe and he's the one that continues to show up no matter what, like you're saying, Noah, really cares desperately for me. Uh, uh, It comes back to the simplicity of what you're talking about. I can come no matter what, no matter when, no matter how dark it is, whether it's dark because other people are hurting me or it's it's dark because of my own stupidity or my own failure or my own sin. The point is, continue in the friendship with God because he never lets go. Yes. Yeah. Well, listen, yes. let me uh, let me do this. Uh, give uh, each of you, uh, I've been yammering for a little bit, uh, John and then Noah, uh, if there's any last thing you want to kind of say about this whole idea. And then we'll close off this particular session and uh, head on to the next one a little bit later. Okay. Well, thanks, Tim. And, uh, you know, I've really enjoyed this. And just in closing, uh, you know, I uh, all glory to God for sure. And I just want to, you know, impress upon the individuals that listen to this, that relationship with Jesus, as Noah said, is easy, and it's there for everyone. But I also want to emphasize that depending on your circumstance, uh, we're all in different places. We're born with a unique self. We're in different places in our walk. And the relationship that I have with Jesus is far closer and far deeper now than it was those first few days when Silas uh, spoke with me and the Holy Spirit spoke through him. And what I would impress upon people is just this. We serve a patient and a loving God. He is patient. The time that I spent behind razor wire was exactly the amount of time that I needed to be where I was when it was time for me to get out. And it was a period of unbelievable growth, unbelievable love and grace from Jesus to me. And he allowed and and revealed things over and over and over again during my time away. And I'm thankful for that. 
And truly, as time went on, I began to appreciate and accept and be thankful for the fact that I was where I was, which for a lot of people is difficult to understand. How could you appreciate where you were? I certainly didn't in the beginning, but through the love and grace and compassion and patience of Jesus, uh, that all happened, and uh, to him be all the glory, Tim. And uh, I just want to encourage people to, you know, to understand and to realize that, you know, we serve a wonderful God, but he is patient. And, uh, you know, if, if having the type of relationship that Noah has talked about and that I'm alluding to, if that isn't with you, if you don't understand that immediately, give it time. You know, Jesus will always be there for us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. He will be there for us. And be patient in your relationship with him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Noah? Yeah, yeah, Any that was final good. final words on the subject? I guess the only final words I have is just to encourage more of wherever you're at in life, start that relationship now. It's it's so worth it. It's yeah. And he'll meet you there. Yeah. Just just do it. I know you don't feel like you can or you've done too much bad stuff or whatever's going on in your life. Or, you know, I can't hear him. Well, not like he talks back to me all the time, but mm-hmm. I love just being able to share with him anything that's going on in my life. And sometimes he'll say something. Sometimes he won't. Move on with your day. Mm-hmm. It's not a big deal if he doesn't say anything. Just keep going and just keep pushing towards that because he will meet you there and keep talking to him. Choose him. I mean, I'm not an educated man at all. The only thing I really know is Jesus, and that's it. Jesus has brought me through so much in my life, and having a relationship with him is just its so awesome because he lives in you. You accepted him. He lives inside you. You go wherever you go. He's there with you. When I'm traveling and I can't and I can't read something or you know like that and I pray all of a sudden some come someone who always come up and help me. You know, God hears that. God sees it, but I got to choose that. So it, it's just all I really want to say is just wherever you're at, just make that first step. Talk to him. Yep. Well, amen to that. Uh like that. Well, hey, listen, appreciate you uh everybody you guys sharing obviously and and uh, thanks for listening to me waffle on a little bit about all that. And I uh, hope you'll join us for our next installment of uh, a podcast here at Body Life Studios. Bye. Yep. Have a good day. <laughs>